0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Nice, nice story for Nachman tonight. Very deep, very deep. <inaudible> no. No. no, you're Shami. Not Chatzur Shalom. Are you kidding me? You know what Abnachim was? <laughs> it's a Shalom. That's how we're gonna end it. I need a chumash. Can you give me a chumash? Moishe, Moishe, rudish on my right hand. That feels good. Yeah, yeah. No, he went through it. He went. You let him give it. He went. Otherwise, he's gonna feel like he went for nothing. Oh, shkayach. All right. Everybody's in the house. Everybody's in the house. Hashem is always in the house. <laughs> 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 Pish, very deep, very deep. Very deep, okay. Try to put it all together, Hashem will help us put it all together. Alright, this week's Pasha is Pasha's Noya. Interesting story to start off the year. So I went yesterday, what's today, Tuesday? Oh. Yeah, I went yesterday to a meeting in uh, in New Jersey, in uh, Englewood, very high-class uh, neighborhood, as I like, you know? And um, so I went to a real estate meeting, whatever about a building for Yeshiva, whatever, whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. And the person that I met with, I think he's modern Orthodox, um, and owns a very big, very powerful real estate firm. Big time, a lot of money, very wealthy people. And um so we're talking whatever it's the yeshiva building, whatever that we're dealing with, whatever it was, and we're talking this and that and we're sitting in his uh conference room and we're talking about Emuna, this is and and he says this is from a guy who's not in Yeshiva. I don't know if he even went to Yeshiva. Maybe he did tell me to I'm not sure. And he says, I just want you to know that all the money that I have, I know it has nothing to do with me. He says, every time that phone rings, he points to the phone, he says, every time that phone rings and it's a real estate deal, I know that the phone is ringing from Hashem. It's not ringing. It's not ringing from that guy who's calling me. And it's not ringing to me. It's all Hashem. I'm sitting there like, you don't go to my showroom. You don't watch your Mentor any anytime." You're just a business guy out there. You're not even that, you know, whatever. I don't know exactly where you're at. And he said it was a very interesting thing. He was brought up, his father was a Holocaust survivor. And um, it was very refreshing and very invigorating to hear a Jewish person sit there on the top of the hill, you know, uh, talk about buying the building, all cash. I mean, there's no problem with money, you know. that doesn't even need a mortgage. And like he's telling me, that's what you know, Rabbi, that I know that nothing comes from only everything comes from Hashem and therefore very much my share tonight is um, on that subject I think he put the subject in my head I was very very impressed and I told him to watch Torah anytime if he wants to hear me talk about him so maybe he'll be watching it this week to see the share ok, so it says as follows the end of last week's parasha ends the following And Hashem saw that the human being was very bad. All day long, all day, we're really in the same time. In our generation, we're really in the same time right before the marvel. Because what do people think about all day? People think about all day ways to entertain, new movies, new ways to get people to do drugs, and, to, and, and it's all about entertainment. Everything's about entertainment. Another vacation, another entertainment, another avera, another obscene movie, another obscene show. You know, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, The Bachelorette's Bachelor, and The Bachelor's Bachelorette, and whatever. know, that's not dirty enough, so they come up with a dirtier one and a dirtier one. And and, and you know, you have to eat roaches and a million worms and 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 really. And 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 if you look in the psukim here, it's like Hashem <speaking in Spanish> the right? Okay, so the fourth part of the pasuk is telling you that Hashem saw that people are bad. That's not a reason to destroy the world. the people who are bad everyone you know everyone has their bad time right guys walk around all the day they tell me my bad ready you know so people do bad things right but listen to what what's leading up to the destru- destruction of the world the the he says that every product of the thoughts of his heart are to do evil. There's a place called Hollywood, right? And and their production is to produce filth and immorality. There's a place called Vegas, a place called Atlantic City. They're always coming up with new ideas of how to gamble. They may poker into a sport. They're always coming up, there's always someone coming up another way to steal people's money, to, to bring pornography to the world. She said, it's one thing, you do bad. Well, if you do bad, I'm not destroying the world because you do bad. But if your whole existence, your whole life is to create Hollywood marketing, you know, all the, the, the fashions, the rap music, you, your whole being is to sit all day and try to figure out how to make the human being a lower being, then there's no reason for me to have a world. And that today is very much the marketing world You know, the the less the person's wearing, you know, the more they're able to sell the object, the item. So the whole marketing world, the world is is nus, is is, is immorality. So when Hashem saw that a person's whole idea of life is, yeah, once in a while I do something wrong. But no, he plans, he plans his whole day on how I'm going to do that thing wrong. You know, I'm going to chill from, I I can't even explain to you how much time is wasted, right? We're we're trying to figure out ways to waste time. When I grew up, television had 11 channels. So they came up with television that has 875 channels. You can't watch 875 channels. I don't care how fast your fingers are on the changer. (laughs) You can't watch 875 channels. They came up with channels for every mishugana. Not only that, not only that. I got hurt by this. I take it personally. One of my biggest customers was Blockbuster Video. I made their bags. So people used to get in their car, have to go. You know, it's interesting. Blockbuster Video didn't sell anything that's really filthy. They didn't sell any rated X movies. They were the only company that, in their video stores, you couldn't get anything worse than R. Don't don't get me wrong. That's terrible. But they had at least in their goyish cup, whatever it was, at least some type of morality. They didn't sell mamish, filthy, filthy, filthy stuff. And I used to make their bags, right? So you had to get into your car and go down to the store. And if you're a Froome guy in this neighborhood, right, you couldn't go to the Blockbuster because other people saw you. Even what are they doing there? Whatever. Oh, I just went to buy a soda, some popcorn, whatever, you know. I, I'm, not, I'm not really going to see, get a movie, right? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Me too. I need the bathroom, you know, all right. Yeah. So you'd see guys, mom is peeking, you know, above, like in a library, above the thing, like, do I know that guy? You know, whatever it is. You were a little bit embarrassed for a little bit of, you know, for a little while. So you found up at some crazy video store on Avenue Z and East 94th Street, you know, in some the neighborhood, so nobody would see you. But the human being wasn't happy with that. He said... He has to go to get the filth. He has to get into his car. He has to get dressed. And he's got to go into his car. Then he's got to go into the filthy video store. And maybe someone's going to see him. Maybe his friend's also in that store. Who knows, right? So maybe someone's going to see him. So he I'm not going tonight. So what do they do? They created Netflix. Right? So they mail it to you. You don't have to go out. You don't have to get dressed. Nobody knows what you got. And they said... What are we do? The first so so what I'm trying to show you, right? The same thing with internet. The same thing, you know. You have to go on. A, you have to go on a computer, and that computer your parents were smart enough to put in the living room. So you have to wait till they fell asleep at two o'clock to watch the stuff you wanted, and then you have to keep looking over your shoulder because if your father and mother woke up, they have to go to the bathroom. You're dead if they see what you're watching on that on that internet screen. So you were very nervous. So you had your finger on delete, like. You know, thank you. Yeah, you figure and delete that if that if they even you even hear a door open, you hit delete and you're like it goes back right to your homework page and I'm doing my homework, you know. I'm doing research. I'm doing research, right? Today, no. What did the other them do? The other them figured out how on your cell phone, right? Your blackberry or your blueberry, whatever the raspberry, whatever it is that you have, that you could sit in your room by yourself. Tati, your mommy, what are you what are you upset? At? I don't have I don't have videos. I don't. I don't have internet. I don't. I don't have a computer screen here. It's my phone. Like, what are you worried about? And you can sit in your room and watch every piece of filth and get connected to every piece of the internet that you want to get to, right? And a lot of us do. And you're going to go figure out how you're going to do it and not get caught. And and the, the mamish bring it to you that your person has to do absolutely nothing to get this filth. The mamish comes to you. You have to figure out how it shouldn't come to you. You have to block it and filter it and all that. To see how it doesn't come to you. don't even want it! I told you the first time, I, I, why I don't have a computer? Why I don't have a computer? People ask me all the time, like, I can't send you an email. I'm like, no, oh, I've sent it to Arnava. You don't have your own email on the What's going on with you? What kind of rabbi? What kind of rabbi? Smicho? <laughs> who cares if you got smicho or not? You don't have a website? You can't be a rabbi. Rabbi without a website? You don't have smicho, you're still a rabbi. But a rabbi without a website? What kind of rabbi are you? Well, I don't know. It's unbelievable. So what happened to me? I, I, I got the, my first computer in my office and I, uh, I didn't know anything about computers and I turned it on. It was very exciting. I was very happy. It was very exciting. <laughs> so I'm not like an electronic kind of guy. I don't have a camera. My camera that I have still has that yellow film in it that you twist. You understand? I'm way back in the, in the, in the except when it comes to cars. I'm way back in the stone age, right? I still like to have vinyls with the needle, change the needle when there's a lot of dust on it. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about. You're looking at me. What is he talking about? Okay. I actually grew up, there were in, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn there were dinosaurs. Mom was going up Avenue D- J, going up and down. That's when I grew up. But I, I, so I don't know anything about So I'm sitting there and I got my new computer, right? I mean, in those days, it was an old computer with the hard drive, with all that, you know. And, and there was no such thing as a um, laptop. It didn't exist. So I'm sitting in my office. They put it in. Cost me twenty five thousand dollars. Right there, the whole system and all the wires hanging from the roof. Very exciting. So I put it on. You know, I got a couple. I got my first emails, and it's very exciting. All of a sudden, it was like eight o'clock at night. I get this email, like urgent, like you know, urgent personal. I'm thinking someone knew. You know, someone found out. You know, I got it. You know, I got it. Got to open it up. You know, must open. Whatever. I forgot what the words were. Okay, take the mouse. You know, I'm, I thought, fine, like get that pointer in the right spot. You know, push the right side of the, the mouse, whatever it is. Boom! I open it up, and it was, as they say in Yiddish, the <laughs> which means, which means very a very dark situation. There was a young lady, a picture of a young lady that I didn't know, um, and I didn't want to know. And she wasn't really, you know, very. She wasn't a basic girl. Put it that way. She wasn't very, you know. And I'm like. Oh my goodness, what did I just open over here? And then it says, free, right? Just check it out, and it's free. The first 12 months, it's free. In the next 12 years, it's free, right? And then we'll take you to Holland, we'll take you to Mexico, we'll take you this one, that one. This is live, this isn't live. Man, from opening that mail? Oh my goodness, my whole screen. It was, welcome to Saddam. Sitting in my office in Bar Park on 13th Avenue, Shalom Aleichem, welcome to Saddam. And you know... Everyone, you're curious, you know, what's going on over here? Like, wow, this is crazy, you know. When I grew up, you had to go with a paper bag over your head, you know, into the store that nobody should see you, got some mices. Over there, I'm sitting in my office, party time. What's going on over here? So I said to myself, no. So I deleted. I took my computer screen with the brains, what you want to call it brains. They're not brains, right? I took the whole thing out of my office, disconnected all the wires, and I told I told my office, I said, I do not have, I did not have internet. I can't be in such a place that I don't know when I open up an email what's going to come jumping out of the screen. How could, how could I live in such a place? And when I walk in the street, I'm careful not to look. And When I have a screen where it's going to be in my house, in my room, I'm not that crazy. So, so I don't even know if in Noah's time, this posse was talking about bringing filth into a home that much. But that still did not cause Hashem to destroy the world. It did cause Hashem to say, after rak rak a whole day, all he was thinking about is how am I going to do bad stuff? How am I going to waste the whole night tonight? How am I going to waste ten hours? It's hard to waste ten hours and do absolutely nothing. I'm not talking about playing ball. You know, it's hard. To, it's very hard. You know, at my age. I, I can't even imagine chilling, you know, with a bunch of teenagers from 10.30 at night till 5 o'clock in the morning, just standing on the corner and talking about how to chill and how to do nothing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not chilling, it's not a lack of doing something, it's doing nothing. It's an action of doing nothing, right? So, you have to figure out, okay, it's 2 o'clock, so we're gonna go from Avenue J to Avenue I. We wanna go back to J. We wanna go back to I. We'll go back to dinner, maybe we'll buy a soda. How long does that take? That takes about an hour and a half. Okay, so now it's 3.30. So they're sitting all day, chavez, figuring out how much they chavez they're not going to come home when they're supposed to come home, even though they're dead tired. So that, I understand, if you, we call it a of moment, you know, a hot moment. The guy's doing it, and all of a sudden Avera comes to his head, and he does an Avera. Okay, you're human. It's not right, you got to do chuba, whatever it is. But to sit and plan an Avera? To sit and plan that vacation, where you're going to go to a beach where nobody's dressed, to sit there and plan and buy the tickets and make sure that it's a time that, you know, no, no one's going to plan, that I'm going to go somewhere, call up your travel agent and say, listen, I need you to find me a place where there are no Jews. Right? A lot of people call me. I don't want to go to Florida. It's full of Jews. I don't to California. It's full of Jews. Aruba, they ruined the whole Aruba. There's Jews there. Right? Find me an island somewhere. With a Yana beach, right? Where there's Mamish no chance Forget about a minion. Forget about a minion. Not that there's no chance of a minion. That there's no chance of three guys to bench together. Of a Missouri. Forget about a minion. they're not looking for a minion. But make sure there's no Muslim. And they have these travel agents, you know, that for Jewish people, right, that you call up, and the first thing they say to you is, I understand I got a place, no Jews ever. Mammish, none of your religious friends, they don't even know about it. It's an island, Spanish island, somewhere. And and, and the guy's sitting there with his wife, planning how to go to a place. There's no Yiddish guy no Shabbos. Yes, they're in their hotel room, and they light their candles, and they're keeping Shabbos. That's what, that's what and we're going to learn about this tonight. That's what Judaism is about. So you sat, so if you got caught, you, you went with your wife somewhere, you thought there was a minion, you thought it was a Jewish place, and he went there and he said, Oh my goodness, there's nobody here. Okay, so I understand. But to sit there and plan to go to a place where there are no Jews, so you know, what's the meaning of connecting me to in the next world? What's the meaning? You come up to the next world and you're like, Wow, it's true what they say about the next world. It's vacation. You leave this world, you come to the next world, vacation. You come in front of the bed in They say, oh my goodness, Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, what a couple. Your house was open for tzedakah, for everybody, amazing people, charity, good people, went to meet it every day. We have to reward you. Let's see what you like in the world that you came from. Ah, every time you went on vacation, you look for a place to where there aren't any Jews. Good. We're going to put you now, both of you, in a place where there aren't any Jews. <laughs> from the seventh level of hell. Where there aren't any Jews. No, no, but I want to go, go to Gan Eden. I want to be where I'm from. I want to be my Zaidi. What do you mean? You're the guy that always planned to go somewhere that there aren't any Jews. Gan Eden is packed. Full of Jews. You don't want to be with Jews. We'll, we'll play the tape. How you sat there... Busy with the travelers. Well, that place, there might be three Jews there. I don't want to go there. So where, why would we send you to Ganei then, if that's what you want? Because whatever you want here is what you get over there. So this Pasuk, which people just... Right? is a very interesting Pasuk because it has two parts. But Ya Hashem Ki He saw that there was very bad in the world, but the yei the evil inclination was to create rak to create bad a whole day. When Hashem saw, and it's not an Avera, this, this is what it talks about, Well, it's you don't, you don't get punished so much if you're walking in Manhattan and a very pretty girl walks across the street and happens to walk in front of you and you have a bad thought. It happens. But if you go to a site or you buy a magazine or you go looking for girls in order to warm up or heat up your Yet Sahara, that's a very, very bad Avera. And that's what you're gonna get smacked for. Over here, the, the doing bad, doing bad is one thing, but to sit there and plan and prepare that you should get yourself to the level that you want to do bad, says so the next Pasik, the next three words, four words, by Yinachem, Hashem ki aso es haadam u'aretz, and Hashem reconsidered having made the human being. whatever this means, and Akresh was sad. I understand. I gave you a yitzhahara, but that you should go looking for the yitzhahara. You should go bring the yitzhahara in to heat you up to do the avera. Hashem said that. That's not why I created human. That's not why I created a human being. I shouldn't have done this. this. This is not what I created the world for. Yes, I created the Yitzhara for a struggle. But you're trying to do good, and he shows up, and you're like, you got this struggle, and you fall. Hey, that's the world. But to go out, to, to, to look for this, you understand, I turned on my my, my, my my screen, and it said I have to turn on that, and I hit it. I didn't look for that. That popped up. That was my test. What am I going to do? Am I going to turn it off? Am I going to go further? That was my test. But to go into the internet and to and to go into a search engine. Ooh, see, we're watching this a little bit. Right? To go into a search engine to look for these bad places, that's going to be a tough Aveira to be Michael on. Because that's not something that 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 the Hashem sent to you. That's something that's not a test <laughs> that Hashem sent to you. You can't say, Oh, Hashem, you tested me. Yeah, when the thing popped up on my screen, I didn't know that was going to happen, so Hashem tested me. But if I go into my computer or I go to a to a, to, a, to a nightclub, I don't want to use the word, to these places where you're stoking your Yetzirah, and then you do an Avera, that Avera is so hard to get cleaned off your slate because that's not Shem's test. He didn't send you to the club. He didn't send you to that site. You were thinking the whole time of this year, 12 o'clock, that site opens up, I'm going to be there. So that's, you're, you're causing that. It's not a, that's not a, and then Hashem says, you know what, I rather, I rather, I didn't, I didn't create this guy. I created this guy to go through tests in life. I'm going to throw him the test, But I created him to sit around a whole day, and he's thinking, the plan of the Aveira? How he's going to do this Aveira? How he's he going to get this girl? How he's going to work this out? How he's going to steal this thing? That our didn't create us for. And therefore, after the human being spent his time thinking on how he's going to make this happen, then Hashem said, No, v'yayim Hashem, emcha Adam." I'm going to destroy the human being, Asher that I created. May Alpine Adamah, May Adamad behemah Not only the human being, but the animal, at Remesh, at Oif Anything that crawls, anything that flies, Kini Chamti Kiasisim. Because I feel bad. I feel bad that I created them, that I made them. But with Noach, what's Noach didn't do that. Noach didn't look for bad. Noach didn't look to create that. So Noah was Mosachin in the eyes of Hashem. Okay. Now, it's very, very interesting because if you look at the reason that Hashem destroyed the world, it says the following. It says the following. Okay, it says like this. Yud, Aleph. And the earth became corrupt before God. And Rashi translates, and the world um, was full of robbery. Okay? That's the word that it uses. That they became corrupt. Even the animal, the domesticated animal, the wild animal, and the bird, The giraffe was with the hippopotamus. The elephant was with the fox. The eagle was with the robin. The whole world totally became immoral because the human being stands on top of the chain. If we become immoral, then the whole world becomes immoral. And that's why today our flowers don't smell, our fruits have no taste, pollution, disease. It's only because spiritually... The top of the ladder, which is a human being, is totally moshkess, homosexuality, everything's allowed, adultery, pornography, everything's allowed. And that, that seeps into the earth, and that's why the Arctic Circle is melting. And all the situations that we're having in the world, the natural disasters that they call, which of course we don't believe in natural disasters, happening because because the world is becoming immoral. So now, he says like this. Case called Basar. Hashem says it's the end of all living things. Says Rashi, any place that you find immorality, play comes to the world, and the good die with the with the bad. Okay, now comes a very very fascinating Rashi. So the Torah tells us why Hashem destroyed the world. Finally, says Rashi, Elo al that Hashem had patience and patience and patience and patience until they were stealing. Once they started stealing, Hashem said, "I'm destroying the world." Says the Gemara. Now, what were they stealing? First of all, they are immoral. They're committing adultery. There's homosexual. I mean, we learned this uh, the, the, that Medrash I read you a few years ago that, that, that their, their 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 courts voted that homosexuality was legal and that a man was allowed to give a ksuba, this is a, a medrash I read from inside, that a man was allowed to give a ksuba to another man, which they allow now marriage, gay marriages, right? Mabash, like, before the destruction of the world. Mabash, where we are right now. So that, Gashem didn't destroy the world because of gay marriages. He destroyed the world because I went to some guy's house and stole his pushka. Does that make sense to anyone over here? They're doing every sin in the world, right? It's not even one of the cardinal sins. The three cardinal sins are, adultery, and uh, serving idols, and murder. Stealing is not one of the big three. So, why does Rashi say this? And the Gemara says that, what did they steal? They would go into a, a store, fruit store, and say, how much is a pound of grapes? The guy would say, a dollar nineteen. So, a guy would take one grape. He would say, how much is this grape? Nothing. Okay, pop it in his mouth. Next guy would walk in and take one grape. Next guy would walk in and take... They'd have 500 guys standing outside the store. Right? Since each grape is not worth a shovel fruit of the halachiyah, if it's not worth a penny, it's not considered stealing. So they would go into a store and they'd eat every single grape. Each guy would eat one grape. And they learned how to steal, how to rip off a guy by taking less than a shovel fruit at a time. Now, you're telling me that... Guys were sleeping with guys and getting married to guys, and girls were sleeping with girls and getting married to girls. Animals were sleeping with each other. They were committing crazy avoidance, zara, right? That's no, no That's not a reason to destroy the world because one guy, because a bunch of guys ripped off a store and took one grape at a time. Hashem said, "That's it, Mabo, it's over." And the answer is so important to every single person, in this, to everyone in this room, and to everyone in the world. And the answer is that Hashem has patience. And He believes that the human being will do tshuva. As long as a person knows you're doing something wrong, you do tshuva. But if you think what you're doing is right, why would you ever ask for forgiveness? So, why there were were gays, and they were doing all these sins, Hashem knew that they knew they were wrong. They made their excuses. I was born that way. Whatever, Whatever the excuses were, they made their excuses. But they knew deep down they were wrong. When they were serving Avodah zara. yeah, I want to serve Avodah though I don't want to believe in God because I want to do all this. Fine. When they killed somebody, they knew I took somebody's life. It's a very bad thing. So Hashem knew that at one point, they're going to do tshuva. But when they started to steal less than a penny, they didn't do an aver. What do you mean I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do another I didn't do anything wrong. If you didn't do anything wrong, then you're not going to do tshuva. And if you're not going to do tshuva, what's Hashem waiting for? He's waiting for you to do tshuva. You're not going to do tshuva because you think what you're doing is right. Then he might as well destroy you. So a person in this world who does averus, which we all—I mean, it's ain't Adam, you know—that doesn't do, do avera. So all—not you, but me—when I do a sin, the Shem's like, well, Wallstein knows he did a sin. Wallstein feels a little bit bad about it. Right now, he's not ready to do tshuva, but one day he's going to stand there and do tshuva. But if I walk around and say I didn't do anything wrong, what I did is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Then why is Hashem leaving me here? He's leaving me here to do tshuva. But if I'm not going to do tshuva because I think what I did was right, then he doesn't need to leave me anymore. Then he's going to take me away chas v'shal. So when a person knows he's doing something wrong, then he can do tshuva. But when he starts to make things right, so Hashem said, "Oh, until they were doing the big bad things, they're going to do tshuva. But when it became right, they're never going to do tshuva." And that's why I talk about Facebook all the time, because if 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 I tell if I get up here and I tell all you guys, listen, guys. You can't go to those. You can't go to those those sites on the internet. I mean, come on. You know, you good Jewish boys. What are you doing to your eyes, to your soul? What are you What are you doing? Right. So there'll be some guys that are going to say you're right. Well, uh, I can't control myself. And those guys are going to do true. But if a guy gets up and says to me, "What are you talking about, Rabbi?" There's nothing wrong with Facebook. Then I'm done. There's no There's no reason for me to talk to him anymore. If he, If he doesn't come to the conclusion that there's something wrong with it, if it's made kosher. But he's never going to do tshuva from it. So the most dangerous, I feel, because Facebook has so much good to it. Because I can talk to all my friends in Israel, and all my talmidim, and I can go to this site, and I can go to that site. So there's so much good in it, that when I get off it, even though I was on it for nine hours, and I don't have a life, but Rabbi, you know, I learned on it, and I met this one, and I, this guy I met about tshuva, and, and you walk away, and you feel good about it, you're never going to do tshuva. And if you're never going to do chuva and Hashem not going to wait for you, because He knows it's never coming. And therefore, the second place that God destroyed, which was, uh, there was only two places that Hashem destroyed like this, that was Sadaim. And Sadaim, they were also doing crazy averis. Crazy averis. You came to Sadaim and you wanted a place to sleep. They would take you, if you were tall, and put you in a short bed, and cut off your legs. And if you were short, they'd put you in a long bed, and they'd pull all your joints apart, so you're dead. It's a crazy place, right? So why did Abraham Avinu, who was able to turn the whole world? He wasn't alive in the times of Sodom. Why wasn't Abraham Avinu who could turn the whole world around? Why didn't Hashem send him into Sodom? He, he changed Nimrod's whole town. He changed the whole world. He was the Ivri. He was the Goyim. Send the man in, the, the professional. Send him into Sodom and let him make Balichurus. And the answer is, why did Abraham himself say that? He said, if you find 10 Sadiqim, if you find 50 Sadiqim, Abraham, go in there. What do you, if I find, go in there and do something. And the answer was, because Sidoim wasn't a bunch of bad guys. They held not only they weren't bad guys, they held they were the most civilized, best Aryan nation, like Hitler, and Shalit, who also Talked the German you you think the German nation thought they were murderers? You think a German Nazi soldier went home to his wife and his kids and said, Good evening, I am a murdering, killing, vicious person? He came home and said, I just exterminated twenty-five cockroaches that were parasites on the world and destroying the world. I just came home, I just cut out a huge cancer. I cut out, I killed a thousand Jews. I'm saving the world. Hitler's godless. His greatness was that he turned, he talked the German nation into believing that they were saving the world. That the, that if they're not going to be an Aryan nation, the, the Jews and, and the and, and and the gypsies and all that are going to end up destroying the whole world. So if we if we wipe them out, we're going to be the continuation of it. So the Nazi didn't come home. Oh my goodness, I'm a cold blooded murderer. He came home. I'm a cockroach killer. He came home like the guy who comes into your house and just killed 13 mice. He doesn't come home to his wife. Oh, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an animal killer. He comes home. I got rid of the rodents that were destroying this person's life. So there, there's, there's no tumour for those people because they think they're doing the right thing. Once you think you're doing the right thing, you're not going to change what you're doing. And he knew that, Yomach Shemite. He knew that. So he knew that if he could get the German people to believe that they were doing the right thing, there's no stopping them. Doing the right thing, you can't stop me when I'm doing the right thing. They did it with mitzvah, just like the Arabs blow themselves up and kill so every single day, every single day it doesn't stop. Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan it doesn't make a difference. The Sunnis, the Shiites, they go to each other and they blow up children and women, body parts all over. What do you think? The guy who blows himself up, you think he goes in there and he says, "I'm a cold-blooded killer." I'm a miserable person. He goes in there, and the, la- the, f- the thing he says is God's name. Before he blows him up, he says God's name, in the name of God. You can't stop people. You can't stop people like that. People that are murderers and blow people up, they know they're doing something wrong. They'll stop, right? They'll stop, or they'll feel bad about it. These people think they're doing the right thing. What happened here, in Noah's time, is they thought they were doing the right thing. It's very funny. Come on, guys. You know? Let's go eat up all this guy's grapes. Take one bite in the apple. How much is an apple? A quarter? Okay, so I took one little teeth mark. Let's see, divided. by... Oh, I only took about a half a penny of your apple. I don't got to pay you. You're done. There's no chewable to that. Saddam, listen to Saddam. They were brilliant people. Abraham Avinu was on one side. That's why it's called an ivory. It's on one side of the situation. Sadaim in the world, Saddam in the world, just like the Germans, were looked up as civilization. Matter a savages. what do you mean they cut people's legs off and they stretched people and they took a girl who was giving charity and they and they smeared her with honey and put her out undressed so next to a beehive so they all bit her till she died how could you tell me these are civilized people these are savages no it's a dime what happened right you have to learn homish. you have to take it apart one second if this was a savage place that kills people right it's the amazon and it's a bunch of cannibals right would, would you go there? Would anyone in this room go there? Of course not. You don't want to be lunch. Right? You don't want to be someone's lunch. right? So why would Lot, Lot who was brought up by Avram Avinu, why would Lot tell Avram, the one place I want to go is to Sedom? If Sedom is a place that cuts legs off and pulls bones apart and takes girls and hangs them up next to a beehive, why would Lot, who was brought up by Avram Avinu, want to take his family there? He took his whole family there. Because Sodom, if you learn the Medrash, Sodom was the epic of civilization. The richest land, it was the top, it was what everybody, the Spitz, it was what everybody looked at. The Germans, before they became Nazis, before they destroyed the world, they were the education center of the world. All the scientists and rocket ships, the, the Germans had the first rockets. All the scientists and and the and the, and the cultured People were Germans. Their parliament, their way of government—they were the top. They were the spitz They were the top. So what happened? So in Saddam, they said that Avraham Vino, Listen to this. They said Avraham Avinu is an apikorus. Avraham Avinu doesn't believe in God. He's an apikorus. He should be hung. We believe in God. We'll prove it to you. If a God made a person poor, right? Person's poor. Who makes a person? You can imagine a shir. A share in Sidoim. Rabbi Wallstein is we won't call Rabbi Wallstein, right? Rabbi Sidoimite is giving a Chabura on a Tuesday night in the middle of Sidoim. Everybody comes to learn, you know, even probably better than all of us. They come, they're prepared, they're sitting in their ties and their shirts, they're cultured, right? And Rabbi Sidoimite gets up and he says the following, you have to have a munah! Yes, everybody, yes. Right? Emuna, very important. Belief in Hashem. Everything Hashem does is good. Yes, everything is good. Okay. <laughs> does that mean, does that mean that if, if a man is poor, who causes a man to be poor? Him? Of course not. Nothing has to do with the man. Who caused a man to be poor? Hashem. Correct? Yes, Hashem. Do we have a right to interfere with God? No. That's blasphemy. That's an apicurus. Not allowed to interfere with God. That's a... So, if this man is poor, is that what God wants? Yes. Of course. So, therefore, anyone who gives that man charity is an apicurus. And, therefore, he has to be put to death. So, rule number one. Anyone who interferes with God and gives someone charity... He's blasphemous. He's an apicurus. He has to die. Logical? Absolutely. Makes sense? Absolutely. All right. Rule number two. Somebody's sick. He has strep. Who gave him strep? Hashem. Did Hashem want it to have strep? Of course. Couldn't have strep if Hashem didn't want it to have strep. You all agree? Yes. Are we allowed to give him medicine? No. Medicine is interfering. But Rabbi, if we don't give him medicine, he'll die. Would he die if God doesn't want him to die? Of course not. We are not allowed to interfere. Rule number two. Any sick person, no doctors in Sodom. No hospitals in Sodom. No medicine in Sodom. Okay? Rule number three. So far, you guys are like, wow, Rabbi, this is good. All right. Rabbi Saddam, is giving a good share. Imagine what I would have done in Saddam to those goldfish last week. All right, anyway. <laughs> All right. We said, you're so small, we got to stretch into a whale. Okay, anyway. Rule number three. Rule number three. Amazing rule. Rule number three. person comes to Saddam, and he's a street person. He has nowhere to live. He needs a house. He needs a place to stay. Let him into your house. Invite him in. One second. What do you call people who are out on their own who don't? Homeless. homeless. Is this man homeless? Yes. Would he be homeless if Hashem didn't want him to be homeless? Of course not. You have a right. Hashem wants him to be homeless to bring him into your house. That's an apicardist. Punishable by death. Anybody who brings a person from the street into his house to give him shelter you're anti-God, you're going to be killed. And that's how the rules of Sodom were based. Therefore, if a guy, it's unbelievable, you have to see this measure, it's amazing, it's amazing, you guys are sitting here, and you're looking at me like, wow, these guys are so twisted. And the answer is no, we are just as twisted. We are just as twisted, no different. No different. I'll show you. But we're not finished. So now, the judges of Saddam were brilliant. Were brilliant judicial people like the guys who vote, that men can marry men. They're also brilliant. They're all brilliant. They're all brilliant guys. They're all judges. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. The smartest humans in America, so to say, right? Liberal. The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. Supreme. Supreme is Hashem is Supreme, right? Supreme Court. He's Mishukov. They're running the world. Anyway, so let's go further. So what happens? So a guy comes to town. He's homeless. Anyway, he hears that Sadoim has a lot of money. So he comes to town. He wants to collect. Right? He hears Sadoim. Sadaka man. He hears it's a place that gives a lot of money. So what Lod, why did Lot go there? Because Lot had no problem with all this stuff. Lot was, you know, and that's why the Mishnah said that a person who says... Mine is mine and yours is yours. The mission says, that's me debating this. That's the in between guy. And the other rabbi says, No! A guy who says mine is mine and yours is yours is me that's the daim. Me that's is you. I'm not helping. Mine is mine and yours is yours. And whatever God does to you, you're dropping dead. I'm not going to save you because if the God didn't want you to drop dead, you wouldn't drop dead. So he says it's me that's the daim. It's correct. It is me that's the So now what happened like this? So a guy comes into town and he goes and knocks on the first door and he says, Excuse me, I have no money. I need a loan. Could you loan me $20? Right away, the guy calls the police. They arrest him. They look at him. He's a real short guy. They put him on the stretch bed. They stretch him until he's dead. Now, while they're stretching him, he's screaming, Why are you doing this to me? Where's the justice? Where's the justice? And they say, We'll tell you what the justice is. The justice is like this. We see that you're not happy with your life, the way it is. You're not happy with what God gave. God didn't give you money, and you want money. Which means that you don't agree with God. You're not happy with what God gave you. Which must mean that you're also not happy that you're short. So we're going to help you. We're going to make you tall. Since you're not happy, we're going to stretch you out. And when the tall guy comes in, they're going to say, well, since you're collecting money, and you don't agree with what God gave you, because you're in a situation like that, so it must be that you're not happy that you're tall. So we're going to help you. We're going to give you what you want. You don't want what God gave you, right? You want changes. We'll give you a change. We'll cut you in half. This was their, this was their judgment. This was their din. And the whole world was on their side. And Abraham Avinu was on the other side. Meshugam. Meshugam. Well, While was the king of Chesed. Chesed, you hear this? This is how twisted you can become. And we all can become. All oh, have I heard twisted stories. You, you can become so twisted that Chesed is an Aveira. A Ramavino was a new idea in the world to help somebody else. To help somebody else, it's an Aveira. I'm interested in what's gone. And A Vinu came to and said, no! The reason this person doesn't have money is Hashem made that he shouldn't have money so that you should give him! Not that you shouldn't give him, but that you should give him! The reason Hashem made this person sick is so that you should heal him! The reason this person made this person homeless is so you should give him a home! He was one of a kind. And he asked, are there ten people, are there ten people in the Sodom that are tzaddikim? What do you mean by tzaddikim? Sodom didn't have tzaddikim. That are there ten people, what did the word tzaddik come from? The word tzaddik. Are there ten righteous people? Are there ten guys in Sodom when they're cutting the guy's legs off? Or they're taking a the girl and, and putting honey on her and letting her die like that? Are there ten guys sitting there going like, I know we're messed up. I know Tzedek. I know what's right and what's wrong. I know we're doing something wrong. Abraham Avinu said, if there's ten guys, Hashem, that know they're doing wrong, save them. Because if there's ten guys that know they're doing wrong, it's going to change. And Hashem went and said, I can look into the hearts of everyone. You can't. Abraham Avinu didn't know. Abraham Avinu saw right, that they were cutting guys' legs off. But Abraham Avinu didn't know in their mind that they didn't feel bad about it. Or well, they didn't feel like they were a bunch of murderers and killers. He couldn't see in it. Why do you have to ask Hashem? Go check out. See if there's any tzaddikim there. Go to Sodom. See if you can find any tzaddikim. Because he had to ask Hashem. Because he couldn't look into their hearts. What he was saying is that tzaddikim, there were no tzaddikim that were doing mitzvahs. But are there ten guys there that when they do the evil, they know they're doing the evil. And Hashem said, I looked into every heart in Saddam. Not only they don't know they're doing the evil, they think they're doing the biggest mitzvah. And therefore, he said to Abraham Avinu, if a person thinks he's doing the biggest mitzvah, he's never going to change. And if he never going to change, I have to destroy the whole culture. The whole culture has to be changed. And he wiped out the children, the parents, the animals, the plants. You go down to Sodom today. It's sand, it's salt, it's minerals. It's finished. It will never grow again. Nothing can grow. When you're doing something wrong and you think that you're doing something right, nothing can go from that. So Hashem 100% completely destroyed it. What happened here at this point in the world is that people were walking around and they were saying that what they were doing wrong was right. We are so close to that. All the biggest earth, homosexuality, everybody votes it's right. The, the rabbi that gets up and speaks against it, he's the weird guy. You understand? One day, the people who are straight, the people who have, who have normal marriages, they're the people who, they don't have patience for us, and they're not, they're not liberal, they're not, they're not fair, they're not, they're, they're, they're evil people. We're the evil people today. If I would get up on television, and give my kabura, anti-gay, the whole world, the New York Times would write, Rabbi Wallstein is a monster. I'm the monster, I'm the monster? What are you talking about? But that's where the world went to. And, 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 and if you get up and you tell a group of girls that their skirts are 10 inches above their knees and you tell them, this is not sneeze, this is not right, you're the monster. You're not allowed to tell anyone, what do you mean? This is what I wear. This is who I am. Respect me for who I am. And if you tell a bunch of guys that you shouldn't be smoking on Shabbos, they're going to look at you with, what are you talking about? What are you judging us for? What are you doing? You walk away like, oh, my goodness, I should have slapped him on the back for, for smoking on Chavez. I should have said, Yishkoiach, I'm the bad guy. Whoever you criticize today for doing anything wrong, you're the bad guy. The rabbi that gets up in class and tells his class, you guys are sinning. Oh, my goodness. He's not, he would have to throw him out of school. He said something negative to the children. You have to say positive. You have to say positive. Everything's positive. Ah, you slapped your parents in the face. Okay, it's not his fault. He grew up that way, whatever, we'll get a lawyer. I mean, you, you, you we're teaching, we see it in the courts. You know? Woman just shot her husband, blew his head off with a shotgun. So right away, her, her lawyer's not stupid. Not that she was, that, that she's having an affair with some other guy. Well, he said, you know why she shot his head off? Abuse! <gasps> Abuse! Good she shot his head off. Not she did the wrong thing. She's a heroine. He should have shot his head off 20 years ago! I, there was no abuse. Who said there was abuse? That's the generation we live in. The good guys became the bad guys. The bad guys became the good guys. It's over. That's when Hashem destroyed the world. When the good guys become the bad guys and the guys become the good guys and and the bad guys think they're good guys and they don't realize what they're doing, then what is Hashem waiting for? What? What is he waiting for? There's no children anymore. And that's why Hashem decided at that point that when they're stealing little stuff, white-collar crime, white-collar crime <laughs> is much more dangerous than the other crime. The other crime, the guy knows what he did wrong. The guy who does white-collar, I didn't really do anything wrong. If you didn't really do anything wrong, you're not going to do it true. You're going to do it again. If you realize I did something wrong, I said, Where's this guy, I stole that. I did something really bad. You know? Who told him to invest with me? You hear all the excuses after I told him to invest with me. What's called? Madoff said, what do you want from me? I thought you came running to me I should say no you're throwing 25 million dollars in my pocket I'm crazy I should say no you came to me you want to turn the whole thing around you came to me and did I give you back some money in the beginning this whole world everything is is just is, is turning and it's twisting the Rebbe's the bad one the parent's the bad one the, 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 the child that's rebelling that's the good one that's the one we have to reward we have to repay we have to take care of and the one that the one that's doing the good stuff ah he doesn't get any attention and that's the end of the world. The world can't exist like that. The world cannot exist like that. Especially a world that's thinking, that everybody's thinking all day and all night on how to create bad. So, very important subject tonight. Very, very, very important subject. Because number one, a person, you guys, every person has to go inside himself. If you're doing bad, we all do bad, but recognize that it's bad. And the only way to recognize that something's bad is to learn the halacha. But I, I saw someone the other be Michal Shabbos two weeks ago. And that person would never ever be Michal Shabbos. And I said, what you just did was a chalach Shabbos. And they really didn't know. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm doing this for years. And I'm like, that's a khil of Shabbos. Who are you talking about? I'm like, did, did you ever learn a Shabbos? You know, no. I said, so. So you're a good guy, but you don't know halachas. So if you're if you if you're not sure if what you're doing is bad, and you can't find it in the Shulchan Aruch, then ask a rabbi. Is what I'm doing bad? Because as long as you think you're doing something that's you're doing something wrong, and you think it's right, you're never going to do true. and you're going to come to the next world. You're going to find out. Oh my goodness, I thought that was the right thing, and 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 ignorance doesn't work in the next world. I didn't know. It doesn't work. I gave you 80 years to learn, God's going to tell you. I gave you 80 years and, a, and an IQ of 140. You're coming up here and telling me you didn't know? Well, that's that's your fault. That's a pshia. That's negligence. I didn't know It's negligence. I gave you a brain. didn't make you a cow. I didn't want you to know. I made you a cow. I made you a goat. I made you a human being with a brain. I gave you time. I gave you life. What do you mean you didn't know? And I gave you a scroll. So you don't even have to translate it. It's right there in English. What more do you want to I gave you tapes. What more do you want me to do? Feed it to you? you know, so, so that excuse is not, not an excuse that's going to work. So we have to learn. So my Rebbe, Rebbe Gamliel, told me that I should take on this year on Yom Kippur. I asked him, what should I take on? He told me that I should learn Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch. Kitzvah Aruch. Very easy. It's not even Mishra It's Kitzvah Shukhan Aruch. I went and I bought myself a set. Teeny three little ones. Right? Every morning after Davin, I have my tillin on before I take my Tzulan off. I open up, I learn two Halachas. That's it. And guess what? I'm probably, I don't know, 30 halachas in or maybe 40 halachas in and I've learned a lot of new things that I didn't know. Just from kids of So, that's what a person has to do. A person has to has to start learning halacha. It's very nice to go to my Shears and listen to all my stories, but, you know, telling you to do the right thing and you walk out of here, man, he got me, I'm going to do the right thing, but then you don't know what the right thing is, then where do we get? We got nowhere. We got you to want to do the right thing, but... You don't know what the right thing is. You don't know what the speed limit is. You gotta know the speed limit. Or you're gonna, you're gonna drive too fast, or you're gonna drive too slow. Which neither one is good. So it's very important to start learning halacha every morning. Buy yourself a little to shukharach. It's easy, it's in English, it's mamish nothing. And you should take on to learn one or two halachas every day. Okay. Anyway, so I wanna end with this, with this thought. She's very, 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 very important. Like this. I've said this, this message before, but I wanna, Take it a little bit in a little bit of a little different direction. So, let's talk about let's talk about first of all the difference between Noah and Avraham Avinu. We know the first Rashi Rashi says right. He was a tzaddik. He was perfect in his generation. is In Rashi, if he would in his generation compared to all those low lives, he's a tzaddik. Put him in Avraham Avinu's generation, he's a rasha. Right. So we always wondered why would Rashi? Why would you do that? If I get up and say, this guy in my class, he's amazing. And the principal gets up. That's it. That's nice. That's a compliment. And the kid's amazing. Imagine I I say that in my class. I'm like, this kid is amazing. And the principal's in the room. And he says, in this class, he's amazing. But if he was in your class three years ago with those guys, he's an idiot. I would turn to the principal and say, why'd you have to say that? I gave him a compliment. What do we need to know if he was in five years ago. He's not in five years ago. So, why is Rashi doing this? The rabbi that said, if Noach lived in Abraham's time, he would have been a nobody. But Rashi, hello, Noach didn't live in Abraham's time. I mean, we, if Abraham would have lived in Moshe's time, if Yoshua would are making comparisons. we're making comparisons? Why, why is there a comparison? It's a very of kasha. It's a very good kasha. We don't want to say bad about it so much. The Torah said something nice. He is a tzaddik. What do you Rashi have to go and say, You yeah, want to rally say? He's not really a tzaddik. Because you put, what for? Leave it. It's nice. Let's, let's all walk out of here smiling. Noach is a tzaddik. What do we need to know? Compared, who's comparing him to Avram? He didn't live by Avram. Why are you comparing him to Avram? Very, very important. The answer is, that even though he was a tzaddik, he didn't save the world, and for that, he's not complimented. In other words, to be a tzaddik for yourself and not to help others—yes, he got saved in the teva but the world got destroyed. And since the world got destroyed, there's a little bit of criticism that that Noah has, and. The difference between Noah and Avram, Avram saved the world. Avram changed the world. The difference was that Noah criticized. For 120 years, 150 years, 120 years I think, 140 years, 120 years, 120 years he stood outside and he told everyone, you don't do chuba, you're gonna die. You don't do chuba, you're gonna drown. You don't do chuba, you're gonna die. Hashem is angry, you're gonna die, I'm warning you. To, to do Kirov, Abraham Avinu never stood out there and said, Abraham Avinu never stood out and said, if you look at the Medrash at the end of this week's parasha with de Zara, with Nimrod, he never stood out in, 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 the, in the marketplace and said, whoever does Avodah Zara, you're going to die. He said, who created the sun? Look at the sun. Look at the moon. Look at the stars. And then, he took people and said, look at this big giant that you're bowing down to, right? The giant of power. Hercules, right? Look, watch him. You know, and he goes over there and he starts tickling his nose. See, he doesn't even do anything. See, spits at him. Ah, hey, he still doesn't do anything. You're bowing down to something that I can spit at and it doesn't do anything. Now check this out. Takes a baseball bat, whack, knocks off the head of the, of the of the of the Abaydazarah. Of he says, you still bowing down to this thing." I just knocked its head off and it didn't do anything. And he brought them, not with criticism. Then he invited them to his house and he said, "Here's an apple." And the, and the guy said, "Ooh, give me an apple." He says, "Yeah, but who created the apple?" And who made it red outside. And who made the pits inside to make the next apple tree. And let's make a bracha. Let's bless that creator. That's how he did Kiruv. He didn't do Kiruv. You don't make a bracha. You're going to burn. That's not how he did Kiruv. Noah got up and said, get into the table or else you're going to drown. Avram Avinu did the opposite. Avram did it without did it without criticism. So maybe that's what Chazal telling us here. That Noah was a tzaddik in this generation, but he didn't save the generation. And therefore, if he would have lived in Abraham's time, in Abraham's derech, of bringing Kirov, and bringing people close to Hashem through love, not through criticism, but through Ava, if he lived in that time, and he would have tried to do his derech of scaring everybody, he would have been a nobody. Because it weren't in the works. Because wrong, what he did worked. What Noach did, saved him, but didn't save the world. And that's why there's a little bit of a criticism on someone. Noach was a tzaddik, but he didn't save the world. And Hashem was a little angry, because Hashem wanted someone to save the world. And he wasn't able to. Now, one of the... Well, we see that his Amuna his also, that Noach... Would have he, would have world, he would have saved the world, right? right. But he didn't. So that, that was why. That's why Rashi said... Yeah, "Right." That's he no. Would been a he would have said right? But that's why. It's a, that's why he deserves a little criticism. Otherwise, why are you criticizing him? He, he, he didn't. He would have saved the world, but he didn't do. Maybe he would have Maybe We don't know. But but this way didn't work. That's for sure. But, but he didn't did pray after that he saw the world all destroyed. It was too late. Yeah, but say, and he brought a carbon, but it was too late. Right. So, it's it's very interesting. His level of Amunah also, very interesting story, which I just told somebody. Um, when it started raining, look what it says here. The Etzem Hayyayim Haza, in the middle of the day, it was already pouring, right? It was already pouring. And the whole family went into the table, Right? Now, if you look at Rashi, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says that why did he wait till it started raining? Well, this Rashi actually doesn't say that. This Rashi says that he went inside, That Hashem wanted them to. See, he wanted all the people said if Noah, if Noah tries to get into the table, we're going to kill him, right? And Hashem wanted him to go into the table in front of all of them. What it's brought down that that it was a lack of a Muna on Noah's part that he waited. Why did you wait? Hashem said, today it's going to rain. So go inside, show everyone that you have a Muna, Go inside on the day that, that it was supposed to rain, right? So that Noah and his wife and his sons and sons went with him to write. So Rashi quotes a midrash proclaiming that Noah lacked faith. That... It says because he went in because of the waters of the flood. That's the Rashi. That's on the Rashi. Says so he went in because of the waters of the flood. What do you mean? He should have gone in because Hashem told him to, right? So, even though he believed Hashem and everything, but said so he thought ah, maybe it won't rain. So when it started raining, he said, "Oh, maybe the rain is not going to be a lot of rain." Then when he saw there was a lot of rain, he went in. So he says Rav Shara who who's a rov here in Flatbush, says an amazing story, and I just told this to someone about Amuna. He says a story like this. So there was a small, there st- was a small town and they had a very bad drought. There was no rain. And everybody was davening, all the synagogues, all the shuls were praying for rain. And no matter how much they prayed and they fasted and they tried, it didn't, it would, it would not start raining. Nope. Finally, they, they got together and they said, you know why Hashem's not answering? Because we're all davening in separate shuls. If we show we have faith and we believe in Hashem and unity and we all, go together and daven together, it's definitely going to rain. So, he decided, this this tzaddik, he said, I want everyone from every shul to come into the center of town, that like a huge yard in the center of town, and I want everyone to join us, and that if we have unity and faith in Hashem, and we daven, then Hashem is going to give us rain. Okay. So, for the next few weeks, all the rabbis spoke, Bitochon and Achtos, and finally the designated day came when they're all going to pray together. Women, men, children, they came together, and they're ready to start saying Tehillim. As they're ready to start saying Tehillim, this elderly Rav goes up to the podium, looks across at everybody, and he says, I see everybody came here today, but I'm telling you right now, that no matter how much Tehillim you say, it will not work. It will not rain. All the people, um, the, the rabbis that are sitting up there, they're all shocked. And and and, they're, and they say, Rebbi, what, what are you talking about? Everyone's here. We're all united. All the shuls are here together. There's no politics. How could you make a comment that for sure it's not going to rain? How could you say that? She said something negative. So the rabbi said, slowly and sadly, he said, no. It will not rain because they don't really believe they don't really have a moon that it's going to rain. He said, I just looked through the whole crowd. of all the people standing in this courtyard, there's not one person that's wearing a raincoat. <laughs> that is such a lesson in a moon. If you really think, that you're going to come out there, and you're going to scream to Hashem, and then the Shemayim going to open up, and it's going to pour? How come there's no umbrellas? How come... There's no raincoat. It means you don't have a muna. It mm-hmm. means it's not going to rain. And that's the basis, and I have seen it. I've told you guys about this, and I've seen it so many times. The basis of father whose daughter is not getting married to go out and to buy himself a suit for the wedding. And, the, and, and, and I know a story where the girl went, and that's expensive, and went and bought her wedding gown. She was, she was like 35 years old. She was not finding a shidduch. And and I, whatever, I gave a share in, 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 in neck and whatever. And, and I said, you have to show Hashem you really believe. You have to go say, go to a muka, right? And then come home and go on with your life. So, where so would you show me that you believe? But you go get a bracha. Imagine you get a bracha from a rav. Rav says, Hashem, this year you're going to be a chasen. Right? Amen. So, that's very nice. Amen. But you went home, you didn't do anything about it. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm gonna be a chassin. I gotta get a suit. I gotta buy a suit. I gotta buy shoes. I gotta buy a hat. Oh! Rebbe, hook me up with chassin classes. Chassin classes, you're not even engaged. I know, but I got a bracha. I'm gonna be a chassin. I guarantee you, if you would approach it really, not because I said it, because you really believe it, you'll become a chassin. There's a girl that once came to me for a bracha, and I gave it to her, and I saw in her face she didn't believe it. And I said to her, I said, I'm just sorry to tell you this, but you don't believe the bracha I just gave is going to be true. It's not going to come true. You have to really, when you get a bracha, you have to really believe it. And Muna means, and Muna means that when I down for rain, I, <laughs> if tomorrow morning I down there should rain, right, I put my boots on. I believe the Mashiach. We will say, I mama, right? You believe the Mashiach. He had his clothing ready. Has his clothing ready. That man in Washington Heights, that story blew me away. There's a man in Washington Heights, a German the yakka, uh, 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 I also come from that, from that background. Who's a Kohen. I don't know if he's still alive, but he was definitely alive ten years ago. Who davened, I think, in Breuer's or in the shul next to it. And, you know, the, you know, the Germans are, the yakkers are uh, extremely clean. I mean, there's nobody cleaner. My father, my mother's side and my father's side are both yakkers, they're both German. And my father told me that after he got married, so on the third night of his Shepherd brothers, he slept by my grandmother, by his mother-in-law. Right? So, he was, he was in the other room, my mother, whatever, and he, had, he, he woke up in the middle and I had to go to the bathroom. So, he went to the bathroom. He said, by the time I got out of the bathroom and came back to my bed, my grandmother made his bed. <laughs> Can <Could> you imagine? <laughs> so, that, that's like people that are really clean and prepared, you know. You get up to go the bathroom, you come back, your mother made your bed Hello, in the middle of the night. That's like, you know. Anyway, my grandmother made Pesach. I wasn't allowed to go into the living room the first night of Hanukkah. The room was already clean. No (laughs) chametz. Okay? So these are people who are very clean. So there's this one German man, right? Very firm, very religious man, who has a thumb, right? With a nail, which... My father, they cut their nails every Friday. Every Friday. No, wait. Not every two weeks. Every Friday for Shabbos. To the to the bone, right? It's like this man, the man, had a nail like six inches long. Six inches long. Hello? You know, I, I I don't know why the gallium have that long nail on the in the pinky. It's totally against Yiddishkeit, whatever it is. Some people have it, maybe for cocaine. I don't know exactly why. But for whatever reason, no, because they are older ones that have it also. Whatever reason, it's a style. It's cool. I don't know. They have that long, Italian, that long, I don't know. I don't know. They want to show they can grow a nail. I don't know what the deal is. Anyway, so, somebody went over to him and said, you know, with, with uh, just want to ask you this, you know, ah, why would you have such one nail that's Six inches long, like a vampire. <laughs> so he said, "What do you mean? I'm a Kayan. So, so, so you're a Kayan, So he says, "Well, you know, there's a halacha that if a person brings a bird as a carbon, a thing called malika, by a carbon oil a carbon chadis, that's a bird, they don't shecht it. They 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 take the, the, the Kayan's nail on one side. It's very, they sharpen it with like a filer, so it's like a blade." And then they take the, ch- the the bird's head backwards, and the client's called Malika, you hold the bird in, in your hand like this, and the bird's neck is here, you pull it back, and you just take that nail, that's now very sharp, and you just push, it like you would, with a knife, across the neck of the bird, and it checks the bird, it's called Malika. So this man said, I'm going to have a head start, Mashiach's coming, right? And now, the Kalei is going to come, not everyone's going to have money for an animal, so people are going to come with their birds, and all the Kahanim, Wallace is not going to be able to do Malika. I don't, have a, I don't have a thumbnail. He says, my nail is ready. Mashiach comes tomorrow, I'm ready to do Malika. That's Amunah. I don't have Amunah. I don't have that nail. If I really thought Mashiach is coming tomorrow, what do you think? I, I, there should be one Cayenne that's going to do Malika and I'm going to have to wait to grow a nail like that six months before I can do Malika? So if I really, really, really believe he's coming tomorrow, I wouldn't cut that nail. I wouldn't care what anybody thought. what's going on. I wouldn't care. Mashiach's coming out. So that's why the Khapskheim had his clothing. It was all prepared. Everything was prepared. That's real, real and He didn't have that. Noach didn't have that. What? The has the uh, I don't know. Are you a I don't know. What? Yes, I am a coin. And I don't have the nail. So there yes, that man lived. That man he well, he lived in that Mashiach's coming, there's gonna be a base on Megdash. Trust me, there's no guy in this room that if you thought Mashiach's coming tomorrow morning, would do what you're going to do tonight. Not one guy. Because what you would do tonight, if you thought Mashiach was coming tomorrow, you would go to the mikvah probably 950 times, so that when Mashiach looks at you, he doesn't know all the various you did, right? You probably soak in the mikvah for about two and a half hours hoping that when Mashiach comes, he won't be able to see what you did. And then you're going to stay up all night learning and davening and doing chuba. Tomorrow the world's over. Only tzaddikim are going to let me left. There's not one guy in this room that would sleep tonight, including me. We'd all head off to the mikvah. We'd sit here and we'd do tikun and sauce and, and, and learn all night and, and cry to Hashem and sit on the floor and beg, Mashiach's coming tomorrow morning. We don't really believe he's coming tomorrow morning. We can go home. See what the Yankees are up to. Maybe they get extra innings. So Wallerstein, you know, is shitting like not like knock off the whole game. We can go home. We're going to check our emails. We're going to send some emails. We're going to study, do our homework. Because, uh, what do you mean? You know, Bashir's coming tomorrow. You know, to let's do your homework. So a lot of guys like this shit. Like, Rebbe, I didn't do my homework. Why? Bashir's coming. You know, <laughs> I have a Muna. But you don't really have a Muna. And that's why Noah didn't really have a Muna. Noah went ahead and he waited until it really started pouring. He said, okay, now i got to go into the table. He should have walked into the table that morning when the sun was out. The sun was out. The Hashem didn't make it like it was rainy weather and it just happened to be. The sun was out. When the time came for the marble, that's when all the clouds in the time opened up. It wasn't like rainy season for two weeks. Actually, there's a measure that it did rain a little bit to warm up. Okay, whatever. All right, anyway, to end off on the same, on the same subject matter of a Muna is like this I'm not, I'm not going to read the medrash because it's late but we all know the medrash that the first thing that he did when Adam came out of the teva is he first brought a carbon and then he planted a vineyard right? is that the order he did it? I think no he did it the other order? let's see no we have a, okay no I think I'm right I think i right. <laughs> <coughs> No, he first did, he first, um, he first brought the carbon. <laughs> but even though, not any bigger print, don't worry. But even though was back, yeah, but even though was Echel Hashem, you came and called him, yeah. First he brought the carbon, then he, then he. What? I didn't say anything wrong yet. I'm getting to the wrong, let me get there. Okay. So first he brought the carbon, and then he planted a vineyard. And you know the story from last year that he planted the vineyard, and the Satan came, and he shechted a pig, and then he shechted a monkey, and he let the blood go in there because if a person drinks, oh, we got to learn it. Sorry guys, you got you got to see this because it's very important. So the uh, I know that we have to learn because I just opened it, to it and I didn't even make a marker. Says so, by Yochel Noach Ishadama, Noach debased himself; he lowered himself to become a. Man of the earth. In the beginning of Noah, Noah he was called ish e well, Kim. So he went from an ish lokim This is beautiful. This is really my, my, I didn't even get to my shit. This is my shit tonight. Not what I told you till now. But, but I'm gonna do it in a in a synopsis. He was an ish lokim Now, he debased himself to become an Ishadama, A person of the earth. Why? He made a very big mistake. So it says like this. What happened? He planted a carom. He planted a vineyard. Where did he get the vineyard from? Came okay, from then, You just planted it right away. It grew. It became grapes in the same moment. It grew, became grapes, and became wine. That's the whole thing in Ganeidan. Anything in Ganeidan, you plant it it, 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 it grows and becomes its fruition. Right. You plant a wheat seed in the ground in then, You get a loaf of bread. That's how it works. The wheat grows and becomes a loaf of bread. So the grapes grew and became a. It became wine. Right. Now, what happened? You get the seeds from Ghanaian? Right. That's where you got the seeds. Amar so, Abba when Noah came to plant the vineyard, Boss Satan. the Sutton shut up. Hey, you're drinking alone. Nobody likes to drink alone, right? Said Billy Joel. Okay, anyway, so he says, what are you planting? See, the Sutton's very smart. He never comes and tells you he knows what you're doing. He came to Chava and he said, what's with all these trees? Are they all okay? So he knew what other, what 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 um, what, what Noah was doing, but he comes to a person very innocently. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? What are you doing? Oh, you're on the internet. Are oh, you allowed to go on? You could go on all the places in the internet. No, 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 no. I'm not allowed to go here, there, there. Because if I go there, oh, I'm going to do a big avera. Come here. Let me show you. You can go there. You won't do a big avera. So tonight you went, there. you didn't do a big avera. He says, "You see, just like Chava. You see." They don't destroy you. You listen to Goyesh you me. Girls tell girl like, I want to tell you something. Right now, there's a lot of Chil HaShem in, in, in Orthodox homes. There's a lot of Chil HaShem. There's a lot of kids who just flick on the lights off and on in their rooms on Shabbos. And there's a lot of girls and boys that are texting each other on Shabbos. Yeah? A lot of texting. And Parents are catching it because they get the Verizon report and they see Shabbos afternoon until Friday night at 12 o'clock the phone was being used. Now, I know some of these kids. So I went out to them. I said, what's the deal? Cool little Shabbos that you snuck out of your house, got into a car, went to a club, and parted all night. I, I don't agree with you. I understand. You wanted to have a good time. But going into your room and flicking on a light, what does that do for you? Right? And, and texting. You can wait for 24 hours. With it. What, what's the deal? So they told me, you know where it started? It started with a kid from a base Yaakov who her teacher told her, you're, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die. Okay. So she went home. She said, I want to die. What a way to commit suicide. No medicine. You're going to shoot yourself. My teacher said, you're going You die. Flicked on the light. Hello? I'm still here. <laughs> Flicked it on again. I'm still here. Went to school and told her friends, "You know everything that teacher says is a lie." She told me, "I am going to die." I flicked on the line a whole Shabbos. I was watching a DVD for two hours on Shabbos. I never felt better in my life. <laughs> so this t- other kid said, "Really?" And it started a chain of events. This whole thing's not true. You can be mechalal Shabbos and not die. You can eat pork and not die. Where did they say in the Torah you Shabbos? You are going to die. It says you are chay of misa. Amen. You're gonna die at some point. It doesn't mean you're gonna die on the spot. That was the mistake that Chava made. Chava told the Nachash, "If you touch the tree, you're gonna die." She never said, "If you touch the tree, eat from the tree, you're gonna die." At that moment, you're gonna die. Right now, you'll never die. Before you eat from the tree, you'll never die. If you eat from the tree, you'll die. They translated: the minute you eat from the tree, you're gonna die. So she ate from the tree, and the Nachash standing there. See, and now the same Nachash is doing the same thing. You got to be careful what you say from your mouth. You tell someone they're Machal they're gonna die, so they're gonna be Machal Shabbos, they're not gonna die. You tell someone, you smoke a cigarette, you're gonna get cancer, they're gonna point to you to an 80 year old guy who doesn't have cancer. That's not why you should stop smoking cigarettes, because it's not healthy for your lungs. It's not a healthy thing to inhale smoke. Go to the fire department, follow them, go into a house and inhale smoke. No, they'll put you into the hospital for smoke inhalation. It's not a healthy thing for us, right? But don't tell someone, oh, you smoke, he'll tell you, what are you talking about here? I'm alive. You look pretty bad, Rabbi. I look pretty good. You have to be careful what you say. First person has to be careful what they say. So this whole Chil Shabbos started to show that what you say. Now, if that's not true, that I'm going to die when I turn on the light, then nothing you're telling me is true. Then the whole Torah is not true, and then we go into the whole rebellion, and we lose the whole thing. Be careful. because let to be careful what they say. There's a mission of always. It says, from your mouth, teaching Torah the wrong way is the world's bitter, most poisonous water. So, that was the Satan. He came over to Noah and he asked him the same question. He said, Ma What are you planting? Hey, man, what do you mean what am I planting? You're an angel. You don't know these are grapes? You don't recognize that? Why didn't he answer him that? No. Because we like to get into discussions. Amaloi, kerem. Hi, Satan. You know what I'm planting? A vineyard. Amaloi, mativoi. Said the Satan to Noah. What's the good of grape? What's the good of a vineyard? The discussion. Once he's got you in a discussion, guys, you're dead meat. When you meet the Saptar, when that Avera comes into your head, you gotta walk away. Once you start mitigating, you know, making a deal, you're finished. So he asked him, what is, Amalei, Peirai sub-Mesukim. Noach said, the fruit of the, of the, of the vine is very sweet. Bein Lachim, Bein Whether they're in their natural form or they drive-like raisins. He's giving the Sultan a whole speech now on grapes. He became a specialist in grapes. Who asked, you know, who asked you to talk to this guy? He a Sultan, get out of there. Tell him it's my grapes. Goodbye. You don't know what grapes are? Go to Hashem. Ask him what grapes are. Leave me alone. Uh, no, we're getting into a whole discussion with the Sultan. Wait, we're not done. But then he added, and don't just think that grapes are fruits. a That was his big mistake. He said, then from grapes we make wine. You know what wine does? You know what drugs do? You know what wine does? It makes your heart happy. Oh. He told the Sultan. that he knows what makes a person happy. You know what makes a person happy? Wine makes a person happy. This is, Noach ish this is Noah who was the one guy left in the whole world telling the Sultan, you want to be happy? Torah Hashem. Wine. Wine makes you happy. So now he had him. And he said, how do you know wine makes you happy? David Amalek said it. So now, it's, now wine became kosher, became a good thing, which is, we know, destroying how many of our kids are alcoholics today because rabbis bring and other people bring kids to their house on Shabbos to impress them. They have all the different scotches and single barrel and double barrel. And you come to a kiddush and you hear 60-year-old kids saying like, let's go to that kiddush, come on. And the guy says, "Why?" He says, "He's got good. He's got one hundred and forty-year-old stuff. I don't know how they kept stuff for one hundred forty years. What? That? He's got twenty-one-year-old Scotch and he's got thirty-eight-year-old Scotch. And what are you doing? What are you doing to these kids? What are you doing? You're destroying them. But it became a right thing because because you, while they're drunk in my house, we sing Zimrius. Nice, no? A bunch of alcoholics, drunk, singing Zimrius. Hashem must love that in Shemayim. Baruch Hashem." 20 guys against, around the rabbi's table, drunk and blitzed out of their brains, throwing up, putting their heads on the table, but they're singing. They're singing. Beautiful. I'm sure the angels are taking that straight to Shabbat. Shugam! Idiots! Stupid people! What are you doing? No, but it's right. It's a mech They're never going to do churva. They're going to keep bringing kids and keep trying to make them happy. Not me. You're not going to find any wine on my table. I'm a loser, rabbi. My walked into a loser, rabbi. You come to my house for Shabbos, you get amazing food and grape juice. What a loser. I'm a loser. Grape juice. Ooh, disgusting. You might have to sing some Eros and not be intoxicated. Could you imagine such a thing? To actually think to Hashem and not be drunk? Nah. Shabbos is so freaking ugly. It's so boring, it's so disgusting, that the only way I'm gonna make it through Shabbos is if I'm blitzed. That's it. So that's what you tell Hashem. Your beautiful princess, Shabbos, Shabbos Akala, for me to make it through 26 hours with her, she is downright ugly. You want me to date her? I gotta be blitzed out of my brains. I gotta either sleep 14 hours, and then when I wake up, after I did my donut, right, then I gotta go to everybody's house and get drunk. And then, what's Shabbos? At one point, you'll wake me up and then I'll go to the, I'll, I'll go to the city to a movie. But during Shabbos, I gotta be blit. She's ugly. She's got pimples. I don't know what she's got. She's so ugly, Shabbos. So I gotta get drunk. So what do we do? We bring these kids into our houses and we wanna be makar of them. What do you mean makar of them? You're teaching them that Shabbos is so ugly that if you don't have scotch on the table, it's disgusting. So there was someone in California that I'm very close to that people came to the house to Shabbos because nobody in this world had scotch like him. You're talking $900 bottle of scotch. So guys would come to for Shabbos. And I said to them, I said, you loser. You're a loser. They come to you for Shabbos for your bottle of scotch. I said, take the bottle, pour it in the sink, and let the word out, nobody in your house gets alcohol. Now, let's see how many people come for Shabbos. Let's see what it's all about. And they came, and there was no alcohol, and they're like... What happened to you? Wallstein got to you? You know, what happened to you? What happened to you? The first Shabbos, he's lost a bunch of people. And slowly but surely, he started coming. And now he has a Shabbos dish dancing and singing grape juice. No wine in the house. Now, you might think I'm a nut, right? Yeah, once in a while, we'll have 6% percent, But no, no whiskey in my house. There's no whiskey in my house. You want to be happy, you have to be happy. Same thing with my weddings. My weddings for my daughters. No whiskey in my wedding. I got to walk in. Man, he's so cheap, no bar. I am spending $900 a person on the food. What do you mean I'm so cheap? So because I don't want you dancing for me because you're drunk. I want you dancing for me because you love me. Because you're happy for me. Because you're drunk? If you can't dance for me and be sober, you don't even like me. You're coming here to get drunk? That's the only way you're gonna like me? That, that's totally off the wall. No luck's a mistake. Huge mistake. Noah thought the only way to get through what he just saw, the destruction of the world, was to drink and to become an alcoholic and to drink wine. And what happened? He drank. He drank. And he got drunk. And his son came, and his son did a terrible thing to him and made sure that he'd never have another child. That's what he did to him. So he did to his own father. Why, says Rashi? Because he said, Ham said, it's already shame, we're already dividing everything our father has in three. Why should we divide it in four? So Noah was drunk, so he had a chance. So he made sure his father would never have children again. And that's why he was cursed. But this all came from Noah believing that in order to serve Hashem, in order to continue the world, we all have to get drunk. And, and, and Abraham Avinu was just the opposite. You Wanna to come to my house? You want kiruv? You want to be part of my house? Take a little water. Just the opposite of what he did. And as we know, that once he told the Satan that Yisamach Levav Enoish, Satan, the Satan said, in the let us become partners in this vineyard. You think you know how to make someone happy? I'm the king of happy. The sultan is the king of happy. If this is about how we're going to make someone happy, we need to be partners. Malasa sultan, what did the sultan do? Heavy Kevash. he brought a lamb and he killed it and he let the blood run into the ground that was underneath the, 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 the cherub, underneath the vine. After that he brought a lion, he killed it and he let the, 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 the blood of the lion go underneath the, underneath the vine. Then he brought a pig and he killed the pig and he let the blood go underneath the vine. Then he killed a monkey. And he put that blood underneath the wine and he made sure that all the blood was absorbed into the ground that the wine, the first bottle of wine, the the ground that it got its unique, its nutrients for, was mixed with four bloods. Why did he do that? Why does something do that? So this is what he did. He said like this. First, I'm going to put blood of a lamb. So when a person starts to drink wine, what does it do to him? It makes him very mellow. Makes him like a lamb. A shepsula. You start to drink, you get that little buzz. You start to do drugs, you smoke up a little. Life is good. Everyone's good. I like everybody. Peace, baby. You know? Love. Love is in the air. I I hung around drunks and drug addicts. They're the most lovable people. Drunks? love you, man. Get away from you, stink. I love you, man. I I love you. I've had it on poor room. Guys come over to me crying really good. I love you so much, Rabbi. I'm like, why don't you ever say that to me when you're not drinking? The truth. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not always that they bring bringing it out. It depends how drunk you are. When your not can't control yourself anymore, then it brings it out. But I've seen a lot of drunks that know exactly what they're saying. It depends how drunk you get. Okay, anyway. So the lamb makes you very mellow. He says, then, you take the next glass of wine, And all of a sudden, you become a lion. I know guys that would never answer back anybody in the whole world. When they're drunk, they start to get drunk. Say, hey, man, want me to hit him for you? I'll hit him for you. I'm like, you never hit anything in your life. You're shameful. You're quiet. You're a good kid. What are you talking about? Don't worry, man. I got all the strength I need. Reby, get out of the way. I'll take his head off. This guy's blitzed. A lion. You're five foot two. He's six foot nine. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't care. I'm Dovid. He's Goliath. I'll take him down. Right? So all of a sudden, this weakling, but you put a little wine in him, all of a sudden, he's a tough guy. But he's still drinking more. So He says, now, he gets the lion. Now he drinks a little more. He says, he gets a little more. Now he's already really blitzed. So he urinates in his own pants like a pig. So he says, I'm a Now I say the he, he defecates, right? In his old pants, because he can't control himself anymore. Doesn't make it to the bathroom. They never make it to the bathroom, right? And this guy, who was a sophisticated guy, now his pants are wet because what? Because in the grapes, in the wine, in the first creation of a vine, right? Because that's what came out of the whole, after the destruction of the whole world. What's in there? There's blood of a chazir in every glass of wine, boys. The blood of a chazir you're drinking. Now you're going to ask me a great question when you're talking about Rebbe Kiddush, Prismila, Pigeon Abed, Sheber Brachas, under the chasana. How could you say that wine is so bad? Everything we do, anything big mitzvah we do, we do it wine. Havdalah. Right? I'm going to answer you that. Now, he says, finally, this guy made all, made all over himself, but he's got to have another glass. So he takes that last glass, when he takes that last glass, and he says, He becomes like a monkey. He gets up. Um-a-rake, he starts to dance. He starts to laugh. Listen, This is a Medrash written how you know, many years ago. And then he starts to curse. It's a Medrash. You know, he starts to curse. He starts to curse. And he has no idea what he's doing anymore. He's gone. All those things... The sultan said, you want fun? You want to be happy? I'm going to put all those things in wine. Now you're going to ask me, but you're allowed to drink wine. So the answer is, and I think I'm going to just read it to you the way I wrote it. I think I wrote it really good. The answer is like this. He went and drank to connect. Now, the difference between Noah and Avram is Noah was... A human being, and he saved the human race. Avram was a Yehudi. Avram was, what's the difference between a Jew, a Jew, and a non-Jew? So what's the difference? We're all humans, right? What's the difference? The difference is that we believe that there's an individual love between us and God. The non-Jews believe, for instance, the Christians, that God created the world, and then he, he, he got, which we didn't make any money on, and therefore, we haven't, I don't want to tell you that we didn't pay rent since January, but we didn't pay rent since January, so we're like way behind, so we decided this year we're not making a dinner, because it costs a lot of money, and it doesn't work, it didn't work, we're going to make a Chinese auction, Chinese auction, we're not bothering anybody. There's a lot of unbelievable, fantastic, amazing prices. Uh, a lot of good prizes. Really a lot of good prizes. And people don't feel that, you know, you're bothering them for a lot of money. Now, there's one prize called the cash prize. Right? The cash prize we want to give away is a $5,000 cash. It means you put in $10, whatever it is, and you can win $5,000 cash. Now, where am I going to get that $5,000 cash from? Right? To give them. If so I'm going to take it out of our novice pocket, so I'm not, I'm not really doing anything very smart. So therefore, I would love to put in my book, you know, we have a book, it's a Chinese auction, it's a very nice book, that the $5,000 cash offer will be donated by Rabbi Wallstein's Tuesday night, Chabura. That doesn't mean one guy, I don't want it from one guy. It means that every single guy will, you do have to give me tonight, it's December 9th, but that someone should take care of this, I think I'm going to let Mayor take care of this, to put together, if you can put together $10,000, then it will, you have to understand like this. If you give me, if someone walks up to me right now and says, here, hey, Red Wall Street, here's a $5,000 check. That's amazing. It's amazing. You gave me $5,000. If you give me $5,000 or a prize, right, you give me $5,000, which we are now going to put in our Chinese auction, that $5,000 is going to raise 35000 because for that $5,000, everyone's putting in raffles. So that 5,000 dollars that you would give me straight is $5,000 dollars. but the 5,000 dollars, if you guys put together and we put it in a <laughs> raffle, in the end, my Khabura might have raised 50 grand, or 35 grand, or 25 grand. So I've never really come to you. Um, I'm not coming to anybody as an individual. I'm coming to you as a group, and I w- it would be very nice as, as, as a group, I could put on that piece of paper that this prize is donated by the Tuesday night. Chabura, Tuesday night Khabura. I'm going to leave it up to Mayor. 20, what? I already got $200 check. I, yes, somebody gave me a $200 check to start off. And, um, you know, it, listen, it's, it's going to Ornava. You know what Ornava you know does. I don't get paid. There's nobody on top that gets paid. So your money's going to go 100% for Tzedakah. And that's, of course, uh, you should find Shadukim and have children and all. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.